This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hufflings! <laughs> <laughs> And I am joined today by... We all know Nati Lewis now, but everybody calls me Unati. I've been dubbing in accents today, so that's why that's happening. (laughs) And who are you? Uh, Yeah, I've snuck in. Uh, I tied up the previous person who was sitting here. They're gagged in the corner, uh, semi-conscious. I'm the new black halfling. Uh, Funny enough, sounding exactly the same and looking exactly the same. And with the same name, uh, Jeremy Cobb. Uh, but, but, Taylor Lewis calls me George Cobstanza. Mm. What's behind that? I like it. It's very, like, film noir. What's behind it is that Seinfeld never went uh, to the UK. Because if, if it had, huh. everyone would know exactly what I just referenced. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! Ah, this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. We're about to get into something real big now. I never really did. I never really did uh, Seinfeld. I'll, I'll cop to that. Look, I will say, I will say this. Uh, friends... For whatever reason, NBC pushed Friends hardcore in the UK. Mm. I do mm-hmm. not know why, but it is a mm. massively pos- popular show in the UK. It Seinfeld, is. which is, I would argue, not only a superior show, but also much closer to what your typical British sitcom sensibilities yeah. Uh, yeah. on pretty much every level, uh, yeah. was not pushed to nearly the same degree, if at all. It's, yeah. If you'd seen Seinfeld, you'd know what I mean. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the it's all-time fun. greatest shows. Incredibly groundbreaking mm. uh, on multiple levels. Uh, oh, my God. Jeremy. It, yes. Speaking of incredibly groundbreaking, Three Black Halflings, we have an announcement to make. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we have some announcements to make for our in regards to our show, The Cub and the Caterpillar, A Wagadu Tale. You may have noticed uh, at the tail end of episode eight, uh, 18, yes, 18, 18 the announcement that referred to this being the conclusion of season one of The Cub and the Caterpillar. What is? Yeah. What do you mean, do you mean? Season, season one, Jeremy? What, what do, do you mean? mean? Tell us more. <laughs> Just like the weather, we, our show is now going through seasons. 
Cool, 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 cool. Wow. <laughs> okay. That, okay. Right. So you okay. have to reach. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a, okay. I mean, it's or, good, but whoa. Uh, here's a better one. Here's a better one. Just cool, like cool. Seinfeld, we can our show, oh, The Cub and the Caterpillar, <laughs> is now being split up into seasons. Uh, and just like Seinfeld, it's not going to hit its stride until season three, at which point, from about seasons three through seven, it will be one of the greatest shows ever produced. Uh, that is a, that, that is genuinely the aim, though. If we, yeah. if by season three of The Cub and the Caterpillar, we were one of the greatest DTRPG you'll be shows, able to then... you'll, you'll be able to fully enjoy it. You'll be like, yeah. wow, I have never... this. The pieces were all there, but my goodness, it really, came, really together. Came, together, came together. It really came together. Came together. That's gen- I feel like that's generally the aim with this show. At some point, It'll come all together. the pieces will come together. <laughs> yes. And my God, this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> just just wait until the contest episode of Three Black Halflings. If you know what I'm referring to, you know. <laughs> that is a good oh, joke man. if you know what I'm referring to. Uh, but those of you who've been following the show since the beginning know that it's gone through a couple of different iterations. It began as sort of like a, a live-streamed experience mm. that was happening once a month. Uh then we accelerated that to twice a month. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the, the look. We didn't know at the time how difficult live streaming was, uh, mm. but we. I think everyone can attest to the fact that when we decided to no longer do it, uh, the world breathed a sigh of relief. The, the, the quality of the show, and I, th- I think actually more so even just in the technical stressful elements. I mm. feel like the quality of the show got a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, once we went, when, once we went back, you know, and I think everyone at home will hopefully agree as well. Because <laughs> you could just like relax uh, and play and not be like, yeah, ah, we could just. No you one know, can hear us. I g- genuinely. <laughs> The first I can't remember what I did the first few episodes. I I remember exactly what Jasper did because I watched Jasper like with like he's already got big eyes, but my god, like he was wide eyed, like stressed, like ah, ah, yeah, just literally ah, had sweating. No, no thoughts for my character or what I was playing. I was just so unbelievably stressed that I was looking at the chat who was saying, "We can't hear you. You sound like a robot." Uh, you. Wild times. I think the quality of the uh, show got better, which is nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then after, yes, after that, we were like, all right, cool. Well, uh, we were like, we we feel like uh, we have not, because we are, in fact, the official uh, Wagadu podcast, uh, actual play mm. show, that is. Uh, we did not, or we wanted, more accurately, to be able to incorporate more things uh, from the upcoming developments in the Wagadu setting, uh, be able mm-hmm. to collaborate more closely with Alan and Twin Drums uh, in terms of creating new things or incorporating new ideas ideas that they're having or new ideas that we're having that we can work uh, on with them ahead of time. All that good stuff uh, to make just a deeper and more fun experience for you. Just a better show, I think, for everyone involved. And hopefully more of a produced show as well. Yes. And also, uh, hopefully, to be able to have guest stars on for longer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we mm-hmm. always felt bad when we could only have people on for a single episode. And it's like, all right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, we really liked your character. We're just going to crowbar you out of this narrative right now. <laughs> and a portal opens and you disappear. Or you exactly. walked up literally. the night. That's, that's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I think... Two out of the three appearances that we've had uh, have walked off <laughs> into the distance. It's just like out into the middle distance. I've just been gone. Okay, well you're gone now. Uh, so. 
and then left us in a subsequent like shitstorm of stuff we had to mm. deal with after they left. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> like, it's true. I don't know where he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. He, he just had to go. Co- contract disputes, uh, not contract disputes. <laughs> scheduling difficulties. So yeah. Yeah. They, we're hoping that uh, by being able to uh, record episodes in advance, more in advance, and a more shortened season format, uh, we'll be able to make a better show, a more structured show, uh, and have people on for longer narrative arcs. Just everything. Everything better. And also, we'll be switching to a weekly release schedule as yes. well. So for so, you guys, you will actually be able to be kind of absorb the narrative in a more regular uh, yeah. basis as opposed to sort of having this long two-week break. Exactly. You win. We win. You, everybody you, wins. You won't, be, you won't be listening to the show and being like, oh, right. Yeah, they went through a wasteland like four months ago. <laughs> or like, <laughs> that was so wild when we sat down and worked out like how long it has taken <laughs> us to, to get, do certain yeah, things. things like, just out of the sheer time frame that we've been recording this first season. I think over. King Nyati, after his initial appearance, did not, because he initially appeared in at the very end of session three, and then was mm. all through, I guess, episode four, and then yeah. we did not see him again until yeah. episode 19. I mean, come on, and right? It, and not only that, like, that's not, that's not that bad. It was, I think, I think we saw him for the first time in October, maybe. It is now the year of our Lord 2021. Mm. June. Wow. Yeah. And then the next time we saw him, we were, was in <laughs> July. 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 Is the next time that we like, saw him. Sorry, like, I, mean, I remember. Yeah, sorry. I'm not thinking so, in the future. I'm present and nutty right now. I have not listened. I have not re-listened to the whole, I have not re-listened to the whole season, but I'm guessing that if you binge, it flows better than if you were listening live and you're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, haven't yeah, seen hopefully. that dude in o- over half a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. So anyway, that, to yeah. avoid... I was seething with hatred. To avoid having big bads who don't show up for entire seven plus month periods, <laughs> <laughs> as well as all the other reasons that we mentioned, we're going to a weekly release schedule and yeah, yeah, separating yeah. everything into sense. seasons. Yes. And here's the other thing, folks. This mm. is important to remember because mm-hmm. we've talked about this. So for a lot of uh, actual play shows, uh, some long running ones, especially long running mm-hmm. ones, it can be difficult if you're just starting out to know uh, where to jump in. Uh, say yes. a show's gone on for over 100 episodes and you're like, that's oh, that's, that's a, a mountain of episodes. And then you look at the length. That's and you're a like, minimum of 200 hours, yes. probably closer to three to 400 hours yes. of catch up. I ain't got enough time in the day. That's, it could take yeah. you years to just to catch yeah. up with where you where the show was when you started listening to it. This is not uh, a one piece situation. So, we're not doing a one piece here. Come back. <laughs> so what were JoJo's? Actually, no, it's actually closer to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because uh, yeah. every season, while they are connected, are not going to be direct continuations of exactly yes. stuff that has happened. They're going to be their own contained stories. So while there will yeah. be references to things that have happened uh, in the previous season and they, some of the events may carry on, if you start with season two of The Cub and the Caterpillar, you will not be completely lost. We will be reintroducing yes. characters, reintroducing mm-hmm. all of this stuff uh, each season that we do for a new audience uh, so that people don't, if they want to, they can absolutely go back and listen to old episodes, but they can start mm. with the current season and still have a great time. And on top of all of that, in between seasons of The Cub and the Caterpillar, we will Ooh. also be deb- debuting a new actual play show in a new actual play setting with new players and new guests. Uh, two of the same players, but an additional player and new <laughs> guests. And new guests. I mean, so, yes. we're here. <laughs> it is, yeah, we are, we're, we are cooking up a... St- <laughs> 
storm for yes. this uh, for this next little mini adventure that we're doing yeah. uh, in between seasons one and two. Uh, and we have all boarded the hype train. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you. I am so excited to announce this stuff. We're we're yeah. still cooking. It's still it's still in the oven, we, so we can't we can't we can't reveal what it is we, yet. We but. ran a uh, we did run a sort of a session zero one shot mm. yesterday. Uh, it was. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, uh, and, and I think to quote a film, I can't remember what film it is, but we're going to lose some paint in here. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. We're going to lose some paint in here. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be an adventure, folks. Uh, yes. It I, certainly is. Uh, frankly, I can't wait to see what we have in store, but I can't, also can't wait for you to see what we. I'm the one writing the thing, and, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, don't know yeah, yeah. what's in store, uh, yeah. all of it yet, but we're still developing it, and it's going to be a real adventure. Uh, and. Uh, um, that's going to be premiering this fall, late summer into the fall. Hopefully, actually. Yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. at the that's moment. The plan. At the moment, it is. Uh, yeah, we're slated for sort of yes. late August. Um, uh, and don't worry, by the way, we yes, have to to sate you in between mm-hmm. seasons. We have mm-hmm. a whole gamut of of other little one shots and fun things that we will be premiering uh, every other Thursday in between the ending of season one of the Cub and the Caterpillar and the season of our new actual play show that will be premiering uh yes. some some g- amazing guests again mm-hmm. uh, yeah. some really some guests. amazing guests yeah. uh some of I, I think all of whom you've heard before but uh mm-hmm. in new yep. ways yep. in new ways very new ways uh, yes. new this ways. is yeah maybe we won't e- some of it might not even be dnd it might not even it be dnd might not be dnd Def- probably be from me if I find enough hours in the day. Yes, <laughs> and also from me. Uh, this, yeah. We got some fun stuff, folks. The, so yes. the point is, uh, this was the longest uh, introduction ever. That was a good I'm, solid fifth, t- ten minute thing. Ten minute. Jeremy said to me before this episode, he said, "Hey, let me do the, let me do this, uh, let me do this, th- let me just think. Let me, <laughs> let me I've got an idea it. of what I'm going to say. Yeah. Let me introduce it. This is frankly, I, I'm of the opinion that mostly what people tune in for is this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Other than the deep dives, people be here for them deep dives. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. People do like the deep dives, dives. but I imagine it's similar to like Dimension 20. You watch it initially for like uh, the joke appeal. And then all of the other stuff, like, the, but it, like it's pitched as a comedy uh, podcast. But I think what draws you in is actually like the the emotionality and the creativity on display and the great performances of the players. And then mm. the comedy just becomes a really cool thing on top of that. I feel like mm. we pitch ourselves as like a D&D, uh, D&D podcast and pop culture podcast. But what really is the meat of the show? We are just is, a mess. Yeah, just yeah. people <laughs> just hanging out, talking about whatever. And then the rest yeah. of it's like, yeah, that's it. I really like that stuff, too. But yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's, 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 cool. that's, cool. that's how that's I feel to see this fun. show. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. People don't come here for competence, is my point. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> because, damn, we'd, no. we'd be having like one, we may have one download on the pilot. If that's <laughs> the case, it wouldn't have been any in. of us. <laughs> that's what I mean. If they'd have tuned in and gone, oh, oh hell no. <laughs> this is bad. This is not good. This is not good. Um but uh, but yeah, so that is that. And actually, then, uh, so what we're going to do uh, today is we thought we'd actually talk a little bit about Wagado. It seemed like a good time. Uh, you're going to be listening to this in between uh, episodes 19 and the uh, kind of finale uh, episode, uh, episode 20. So we thought it'd be a good time for us to just have a chat about Wagado. We get quite a lot of questions on the Discord and we get a lot of people. I know a lot of people like comment on the Twitter or like Wagado Twitter and stuff like that as well and talk about like, oh, like, 
how does this work in Wagadu or what's the what's the rules with this and uh, I guess we like, we never even really talked about like the lineages and like mm. different abilities and stuff that they uh, have so uh, we thought we would just do like a, a little um, I guess like a deep dive on Wagadu that's like yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing that's I the guess. vibe that's, that's the vibe that's the vibe for today I have, I have a suggested format if you don't have one Jasper I will let you suggest or pitch a structure for this but you will take one d6 I have a d6 here uh, for every Seinfeld reference for the rest of the episode. Okay. Well, the good news is you haven't seen the show, so you won't catch any of them. Um, so the oh no, Jeremy, if you reference Seinfeld out of nowhere in regards to the Africa-based Wagadu campaign, I feel like I'm going to tell the difference between like a dude's name from Seinfeld and someone from Wagadu. There are internal references that you might not. I'm going to keep a running tally of every. Yeah, I'm going to okay, keep a running okay. tally of every single time. Seinfeld is a very smart show. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you get go. above 30 hit points of damage, then you're <laughs> then I'm just off the, off the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mute your mic for the rest of the episode. <laughs> the suggested format is this. We start with, with the two of you, and then I will jump in third. Uh, what was the first thing that jumped out at you at, uh, in terms of being very distinct about Wagadu in, uh, in comparison to normal D&D? A whole lot of black people. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. what else you have to say. Like, like a yeah. whole lot of black, blackity, black, 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 blackity, black, black, black. Yeah, um, yeah. go ahead. Just. No, I was going to say, I think <laughs> that's uh, it. I love uh, it. <laughs> No, that is the answer. That is your answer. You can't you can't pick a different answer now. Um, I think for me, genuinely, I think magic was the big one because it suddenly felt so like spiritual. It suddenly mm. felt so much more like uh, like power drawn than mm. power given. If that makes sense. If that's the right like phrase to use. It mm. felt like we were a uh, we were a part of a magical world. It mm. felt like we were a part of this kind of collective kind of pool of which we were all drawing kind of power from an essence and we genuinely were responsible for like keeping the balance and maintaining the world and being a, an active part of it and like yeah. the world could super straight up reject you yeah. if you weren't doing that you know yeah. what I mean like you have to be like Nyati level strong if you want to like go flow against the the, the tide with yeah. it. Whereas I think in normal D and D, you're kind of like almost encouraged to do that. You're almost encouraged to flow against the tide a little yeah. bit to be the the standout hero. And I think that I really enjoyed that. Like it was, I guess, yeah, like kind of amazing actually. Now I think about it, that especially when you think consider like African culture, mm. it, it, it does genuinely feel like there is a kind of almost like a community. In yeah. the way that the world of Wagadu was run, functions, you know yeah, what I mean? because you, like you complete, because like um, I would say that like because you could play D and D and play a rogue and have no interest in magic, right? Mm. Like you could play a fighter and just be like, "I'm a fighter, dude. This is what I do. Um, I'm I'm a soldier. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't deal in magic." But in Wagadu, even if you're a fighter, there's no way you're avoiding magic. Even if you're a rogue, there is no way you're sure, avoiding magic. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't mm. mean that. About, obviously, like when I say avoiding magic, I don't just mean like somebody's going to throw a fireball at you. What I mean is that like internally, for mm. yourself, for your own mm. character development, you aren't going to avoid magic. You yeah, aren't yeah, going yeah. to avoid the spirit realm because it governs so much of everything in everyday life. And that's mm. how it parallels the Afri parallels with African culture is that like it's a, it's an, it's in it's in how you prepare food in certain periods of time. It's in mm. how you how you treat everything. It's in your it's in everything like your burial rituals yeah. and stuff, which obviously exists in European cultures, but I don't think it's reflected in the same way in D&D. 
And I feel like it's, it's, it's still like a very detached thing as far as like in a lot of like D&D stuff, it's like it's usually like you go somewhere and it's like we have schools of magic or we have or there is no magic allowed here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like it's intrinsically a part of the world. It's not like the trees grow because of the existence of magic. That's what like Wagadu is like the very like there wouldn't even be life if there was yeah. not magic. Well, you even, know what I mean? even you arriving in the world is like mm. magical. You fall like, out of the fall. sky. You fall yeah. out of the You're a shooting star, basically. You terminator fall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just uh, rise however, up. However, yeah. Ongenagama stuck her landing. Muti did not. Like, I absolutely stuck my landing. I feel like <laughs> Muti landed in the family guy fall pose and Ongenagama <laughs> landed in a three-point uh, superhero yeah. pose. Yeah. Mooty started off in the White Twins and just did a full, like, Peter Griffin down <laughs> the stairs. And just hit every single fucking branch on the way down. <laughs> and then rolled all the way across the wastes through the marshes into the swamp. Yeah, literally all the way into the swamp. Meanwhile, cut to Ejozini. Smoke. Out of the smoke arises on Genagama. You, you are see queen, a bunch of lion blood goes, yeah, and a bunch of lion goes, go, damn. That's the queen right there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there she is. There she is. <laughs> I'm sorry, what now? Everyone just knelt and immediately. <laughs> yeah. They all took the knee. I yeah. bend the knee. It was the Lion King. It was fully the beginning of the Lion King. <laughs> it was just the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, what about you, Jeremy? I guess I'd flip that question to you as the DM and see yeah. what, uh, yeah. Definitely from a practical perspective, it was the kind of what you were saying, the degree to which you are to which to the degree to which the mindset is different than what you would encounter in a European setting. Uh, I I think I can say this. I don't think this is much of a spoiler. I recently spoke to none other than the great James Mendes Hodes in preparation for our upcoming season. And one of the things that James pointed out to me was that... uh, from a Western European perspective, uh, the relationship between uh, humanity and nature tends to be very adversarial. The idea mm-hmm. is we conquer this place. We take, you know, we are the big, strong people. We mm. tame these winds mm. and these lands. We tame sort of them, thing. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Nature's it's all about tamed, conquering yeah. that sort of thing, yada, yada, yada. But yeah. the, the, uh, the key with a lot of these societies is... Like they work with the they work with the environment. It's about how well you work with nature. You're not supposed to just run around killing animals, farming them for XP. Uh, Instead, what you should like, you just shouldn't be killing animals, period, because these animals have spirits who view them as their children. They're like, yo, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And like the the spirit world, I think that's one of the things that's so drastically different is the presence of the supernatural, uh, as you were saying, mm-hmm. is just everywhere. You can't escape yeah. it. And the world itself is like, no, no, no. We're everything is supernatural here. Everything mm-hmm. has a super. The rocks have spirits. Uh, yeah, all of this stuff is connected. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess for Muti, that kind of created, a, first of all, an interesting obstacle for us as for me as a dm because now i have to get more creative with my with my combats it can't just be yes. like oh here's an animal go kill it like your yeah, typical early D D adventure there's giant spiders i think i remember actually us having that very conversation jeremy because you were saying like yeah I remember you saying, like, I feel like I'm going to struggle to level you guys up early on because, like, normally I just 
throws some like a a, a, a big scary lion or something, but that's just not going to happen in this setting, yeah. you know? Because you have yeah. to ask permission first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing I think is it created <laughs> obstacles for your characters because yeah. like mm-hmm. for Olga Nagama, I think I think she kind of took to it a lot more easily. But even so, uh, there was like an element of fear. Yeah, the thing is, I I think that might have been a little bit of like cultural influence, like playing a part actually, because mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. I found is that I really I was like I found that I really struggled to play a fighter. Like, I really struggled to play the run-of-the-mill, you know what I mean? Not because you want to make run-of-the-mill characters, but, like, I really struggled to be the fighter fighter, right? Like, to just be yeah. like, ah, let's go in with the axe, which was, like, the intention of the build in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. But as the game progressed, like, all of a sudden, I'm negotiating, I'm begging, I'm lying yeah. prostrate, mm-hmm. and, I, and then all of a sudden, the fighter becomes the talker? And then it became yes. natural to go paladin, right? Because like yes. I was just like, I want to hit things with a big gold axe. That's what I want to do. But unfortunately, mm. in this world, you can't just go in swinging. You've got to start making some negotiations. You know, mm. you've got to parlay with people, with 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 entities and people, and 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 you've got to try and negotiate tricky situations. So I think, it, yeah, that that's the long and short of that statement. Sorry, I waffled. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, that was great. That was, Don't yeah, apologize. That was, that was awesome. Very insightful. Uh, uh, <laughs> never apologize, Nazi. Yeah, We've told yeah, you me, enough. And that's the last time we'll allow it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> fine. Fine. Yeah. fine. I'm Wait, working on it. I'm working on it. That was, a, that, was a, that was a full. That was a full six of damage. Okay, you know, cool, awesome. full six full of psychic damage. damage. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was in contrast <laughs> to to. Uh, Unati and Onge Nagama I think perhaps from a cultural perspective uh, would you say that it's accurate Jasper that from a cultural perspective because of the degree to which the supernatural has been largely removed from European and British life in particular uh, Mm. this was quite an adjustment for you as a player uh, but also very much for Muti it seemed like Muti from the get go once he started realizing that there were spirits and stuff that that had like an influence on the world it was like slap money on the table I'm out that sort of thing like he was done. That's, yeah, what it, that's yeah. kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point, actually, that you made, you know, Ati, about the fact that like, I feel like maybe you fit into it as a player just because I think the sens- the sensibilities of the world kind of matched a bit more of your own Yeah, at least some of it, at least half yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think that, and I think that was what that was so much joy for me in playing this setting and then generally has been doing this show over the last year is just like being able to go like, oh, okay, what what are those sensibilities? How do I contact them? Because that is a part of my life and a part of what makes up mm. me and my, you know, my backstory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, 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 um, you're Shona tribe. You've got, to- you've yeah. got a totem. I'm still going to figure out what exactly. your totem is. Failure. I need, I, I, I need to chat to your mum and find out what the surnames are and stuff. And then yeah, I'll figure yeah. out your totem. Oh, I was thinking of Mooty, not Jasper. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I was thinking of Mooty. Mooty's totem would be failure. I'm really glad that I didn't hear that in the moment because you know my fragile ego could not have taken uh, that comment. I did. If I, I thought I that was, was about me. I did not. Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's now been clarified before I actually heard what was said. Otherwise, I might have had to duck out the zoom uh, for a second. Uh, no, don't worry. I'm not. I'm not an anti Jasperite. I'm more of like an anti Mootite sort of thing. Fair. It's not yeah, that fair. bad. Okay. Well rude because it's still my character I still take that incredibly personally <laughs> fuck you um, but, but no the, the adjustment level has been that there 
I th- again, I think it is that there is it, whenever I've played D and D or contacted fantasy worlds, like whenever you meet adversarial spirits, it's like they're ring wraiths or something like that. They are just like, okay, you we have to eliminate this is the issue, this is a problem, these are bad ghosts things, these are mm. not good. Um, and there's a very, like you know we've been brought up on like moral absolutism, right? Like the UK is like the king of like <sighs> this is good, this is bad, ha. We will um, export it to the rest of the world. And yeah. Tell them yeah, yeah. Yeah, take our good and bad reasonings, everyone. Buy them <laughs> off of us. And we'll take your spices and the shit that you have that is really good for a cut and price. And your women and your children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, um, and your men, too, frankly. Yeah, and your men. I mean, yeah. everybody. Men can, like, yeah. Everybody, everything, yeah. Uh, there's, Sorry, a reason, there's, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a reason yeah. that I'm brown and was yeah. born in the UK. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Or that I'm black and was born in the US. Exactly that, exactly that. Yeah. And so, but then I think for Mooty... I think that was, it would, to be honest, it was, that was, I don't even know if that was me as a player. I think that was just like, the, we decided that kind of pretty early doors about Mooty and his story and the fact that he was literally just chased nightly by spirits, <laughs> like creatures and things that wanted to harm him. And so his general thing was just like, yeah, I am fully out. And I think that I, it's funny. I don't know if that will ever go away for Mooty, his character. Like, I don't think he'll ever like fully trust spirits. I don't think he'll ever, m- maybe other, than, m- perhaps Ongedegama, ever fully trust anyone. Just mm. because of that, you know, there was such that first stint of life was so dark, um, and so, mm. uh, so I think there was definitely an adjustment, and I think that's where a lot of the kind of the res- residual darkness kind of comes from, and I think that. Mm. Um, the again, it's only because of the world of Wagadu that I think I'm allowed. I'm allowed to play a character that is that m- in that morally gray area. Do you know mm. what I mean? Where mm. like mm-hmm. that he, the, he really just g- can see absolutely no issue with t- taking or dispatching of an uh, of a problem or a person or whatever if they are in their way of in the way of their happiness or their friend's happiness or safety or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, and I think because that's I think that would probably be I'd probably say that's one of the bigger elements that bigger learning curve is that moral kind of fluidity which mm. i yeah. talked about a lot actually in the like uh, in the oath and the child like pdf that's already been released and um i guess it will go into more when the sort of the larger um sort of book comes out which is you know that that the fact that in Bugadu there isn't there isn't this black and white you know nature to things and so therefore you do have to really consider um uh I think I guess you just I think you can just enjoy being a bit more autonomous in the world. Do you know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. you don't have to fall into like it's actually really made me want to play a paladin. I was actually thinking about that for like the longest time, being like, I wonder what it's like playing, you know, your stereotypical paladin in a world like Wagadu. Because I don't think you that wouldn't. That, that's what I mean. You <laughs> yeah, just you wouldn't. You couldn't really. Like, well, no, but it would be. I absolutely believe in what my God stands for. And my God mm-hmm. is morally grey as fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So therefore, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? Like you are a, you know, you, you would have to, you would, you might still believe as staunchly as a, a regular paladin, but it, you would, uh, the confines would be completely different. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Like yeah. you'd still be as principled, but yeah, it would be just the principles themselves would be just very vastly, wildly, vastly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, what I wanted to ask as well. Uh, so that was the first thing that jumped out at us. What was one of your uh, like? Okay, first pick uh, your favorite. Do we want to go show specifically, or do we want to go Wagadu setting specifically with this? I, next question? I think let's go for. I feel like we should go for Wagadu setting specifically, just because I think we do a lot of this on the Wagadu Watch, which you can go and check out on our Patreon. True. Um, yeah. yeah, we do. A, we do true. actually do a lot of this in our deep dives. Uh, yeah. In our, well, we did a we we did a, an extra long Bugadu watch for the last two episodes that we did, and that was like like nearly two hours long or something crazy. It was like an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we can go more like setting specific, just because I think I also okay. want to give people an idea of what life could be like for them in Wagadu as opposed to just in the Cub and the Caterpillar. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing that I was going to ask then is uh, among the sweeping changes uh, that are made to the your typical D&D um, setting uh, with Wagadu, mm. Uh, are the lineages one of the biggest, definitely one of the most notable changes is that everyone mm. is human, but mm. uh, you now have different lineages. And mm. not only that, but you can swap lineages uh, if mm. you really mm. want to. It's, a, it's possible to do that as well. My question to you is, uh, and we may already have the answer to this, but what uh, is your favorite lineage of the ones that you've looked at and why? If it is just your character's lineage, pick uh, your second favorite and then yeah. say why. <laughs> um, Iron Masters. Uh, like... <laughs> cheap. So that the other cheap. people that you also live with. <laughs> yes. I mean, the thing is that, like, for me, it just really speaks of a history that absolutely was that isn't necessarily discussed in the global consciousness of what world history is, right? When we think about world history, we think about Eurocentric history and that um, these mm -hmm. are the people that discovered the gold and the resources and made the most of it. We don't think about Mansa Musa. We don't think about mm -hmm. these great wealthy mm -hmm. leaders. And we don't think about the fact that, like, you know, in... You know, and also like tactical yeah. geniuses yeah. and do you know what I mean? like, yeah. like genuine, like, like great Zulu, minds, like in, you know what I mean? Minds. And, yeah. and like, because like when I kind of like, you know, sort of do my research, because I'm like obviously trying to rediscover my like, like my own culture and I'm currently deferred by a year, my, my third degree. Um, like it's what what kind of fascinates me about that is that, you know, if I think about Southern Africans, the gold was always there. We just didn't give a crap about it, right? Like the gold mm. was beneath our feet. Like, and mm. this is what you consider to be wealth. And obviously that was used as wealth, um, you know, further north in Africa, but um, Southern African tribes and Guni tribes traveled down from those peoples as nomads. Um, but like, if you think about like the kind of like, I'll call them for lack of a better term, like the golden eras of, you know, like, um, you know, Ghana and now currently called Ghana, um, Nigeria, all of those places, like, um, I find that incredibly fascinating and the technology and the infrastructure, everything that must have been destroyed and 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 laid to waste in the name of um, kind of like uh, propagating a colonialist agenda. Um, you know, it, it, it's to me, it's tantamount, the, the same reaction that many people and I get for um, the burning of the, the libraries of Alexandra. It's like, it's this, this that's the same reaction I have mm. thinking about all that we've lost due to a process of colonization. Mm. And that's what I love about the Iron Masters. Um, 
is that like, come on, dude, like you think we didn't know it was what? Like, how do you like mm-hmm. really like you want to start that history from your own point? You know, history is always written from the perspective of the victor. Like I and the more I do research and the more I learn about other people's kingdoms, even how we think about sexuality and gender, it's just way more progressive and way more fascinating. And it's interesting how we've come full circle. And now it's Western societies that have taken on these sensibilities. So now they're, they're becoming right or liberal or the right way to go and it's just interesting that they've always been whether it's um, Native American or or African or ancient um, you know sort of um, Asian cultures as well so yeah that's my that's my mm. point in it uh, I on that note I remember while doing research uh, for I think just like on the content of Africa in general, I remember mm. seeing, I think it was in West Africa. There were a group of people who like straight up skipped the bronze age. Like yeah. they figured out their own method of, of yeah. like metalworking and forging and just skipped straight to the iron age, which is yeah. like, you don't hear about in- that. Exactly, you don't mm. hear about that. Oh, if you like, if you look at it like Zimbabwe, like those old, like I can't remember what the place is called for the life of me. Please don't come for me. But um, it's um, these old, beautiful, uh, these old, uh, this infrastructure, and it's this gorgeous stone, solid stone, central circles like infrastructure that could have that you know Western civilizations are like no one could have built that, and and then it, and then it trans and then also like I don't know why we don't. So I sometimes I have this block in my head, but also Egypt, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Egypt yeah. and Africa, like the pyramids. This is totally a European thing, though. This is absolutely a European thing where y- Europe was so fascinated by Egypt for such a long time that we've mm-hmm. almost like it almost feels like it's been absorbed into Eurocentric culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just like told from a very white perspective. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what but, I mean? Like, it, but it feels like very reported on, right? It exactly. feels like very like cliche almost to talk about Egyptian culture, yeah. even though it is by far one of the dopest cultures just ever. ever. Yeah. Like right? it's insanely like, cool. Like and, Egypt is the best. Yeah, and when I've kind of been. <laughs> doing studies around um, like African religions and African belief systems um, something like the, the the sort of people that I listen to and and, and read um, I was like yeah you've got to take that route from like Ra that's part of your God as well remember this is Africa babe like and we like mm-hmm. we, 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 mm. we traveled downwards like mm. Southern African peoples if you want to look at like the Kossas, Azulis, Zepedes, Zetuanas Sutus like um, and, and other groups Zependas etc like um we came down into that nation. The Khoisan were living there first, my dude. We're like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was it, it was a massive continent. So I think that there's just something so exciting about the Iron Masters in that, like, mm. yeah, we're artificers too. Damn it! Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was such a good answer. Fuck. Why yeah. couldn't you've gone second? <laughs> That was such a good answer. I'm like, mm. I've just been studying. I've just been I studying. I've been studying. I've I kind of think studying. these guys are cool because I like their mechanics. I was genuinely going to pick a khakis, but then I felt, I was like, no, I can't say fish people. No, you really, so, really can. Like, if you, you look can, at like Somali, if you look no, at like, no, no, this, I, yeah. like anyway, I, I, I do, I, I, I will, no, no, I will yeah. say no, legit. Don't my shut up. Continue talking. Yeah. No, please. Roll yeah. another damage die, Jasper. Roll another damage die. Oh, that's a three. That's nine points of damage for okay, you, Natty. Fine, fine. Nine points of damage. 21 more points. And then that's it. You can't like, shut up. Like, I mean, if you look at like, you know, Somali peoples, they're like, a, they're a massive, am I correct? Someone's going to come for me, but I think I'm correct. They're a massive fishing community, right? And that's been intrinsically part of their culture for so many, so many years. And if you look at what we're doing environmentally, and this is, a, you know, a global problem, but largely propagated by the West and China. Um, but if you look at like environmental issues and the overfishing of the oceans, like those societies are dying. And then you mm. wonder why we've got pirates now in Somalia. So yes, mm. the Akaki are very important and representative of something that we need to remember 
remember about being connected to the earth. The, 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 nature is not to be conquered. It well, is to be embraced. Anyway, continue. This is actually leads me perfectly on to... My favourite is the Daima. Um, they're, I just think they're fucking cool. Yeah. Um, for a myriad of reasons. Also, you, as everyone now knows, I love, I'm a big fan of death and necromancy, so I'll keep yeah. that theme going. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say, for all those Jasper stands out there that are vehemently defending me, I really hear you. I I appreciate you and I love you. <laughs> uh, for all the people that have defended my hot necromancy takes, those people seem to think that in the episode you proposed the, the like. I think the necromancer could work, and me and Yonati were like, no, be quiet, no. and we're just beating you down the whole time. What actually happened was you proposed no, no, it, and we went. were like, that's how it went. Well, Didn't you, you had two fans? That's how it went. And then as we started reading the features, you were like, oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. I think people were speaking to my the broader points I was making about the potential for a necromancer class. <laughs> anyway. You say broader points. I'm anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, Jeremy, I've got, oh, I've got, I've got stands now that are going to come for you, so all, all power to you, man. That's true. There have, been no, there have been no Jeremy stands that have come forward, so it oh, could be you, that you, you have had stands from day one. Uh, yeah. I've just got okay. my stands now. I, you've definitely got yours. The yours are just like, the yours are the quiet intellectual stance. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they like, love they're, you, the, they're the ones like, Jeremy does not need defending. It will offend his honor if we Defending. Yeah, we should stay over here and stay Jeremy quiet and watch him defeat them gloriously. They're like Saiyans. They're like Saiyans being like, no, we must Fully. we must honor him and give him the opportunity to fight for himself. Yeah, give him the opportunity to die in combat. Making me into the forever DM of TBH. No, help me. <laughs> they're like, this is an honorable death. This is an uh, honorable death. Um, no, but leading. On from your connection, though, I uh, my actual uh, the one I was going to say second. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit! Even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh well, because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Uh, was the uh, Ice, Ice Man. Uh, just because I my first character that I ever played was a uh, Janasi, and that's like the equivalent version. And then if you read through the Ice Man's like descriptions of all the different, um, you know, the, the the different sort of elemental like traits and stuff, they go into so much detail uh, just about like how that how important like their connection to like that element is like even like there's way more description on these subclasses than there is in like any of the other subclasses just in describing mm. how you interact with the earth or how what the air means to you and like the lacquer who are the earth asmans like like they're just they i just love they're just some dope sand dune riding like i just it's very very it's a very cool image and then i think also just yeah, there's just like so much. Um, yeah, there's 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 so much there to like unpick, and so mm. much there that can inform your character. And I'm always just a big fan of like anything where I can draw little like oh I I really like that little bit to inform my character. I love it. It's great. It's very cool. Yeah. Very, very What's your cool. favorite Jeremy? Actually, I'd be interested yeah, to know this because you haven't played one. Hmm. Not yet. It's true, not yet. The Azimon are very cool. Uh, I also cool. do like the Daima a lot. Uh, I guess one that jumps out at me probably is the Emere. I do enjoy yeah. the mm. Emere because yeah. uh, I have spoken on the show before about my general distaste for elves. Uh, but I was <laughs> very... really does hate elves. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually met a, good, a nice elf in Jeremy's, any of Jeremy's <laughs> campaigns. Even when he told me about stuff, I'm like, yeah! they are not nice elves. Like, no, there's no <laughs> Jeremy is like think of the, the one that Unati plays in. Uh, yeah, I never, I never have. If 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 I ever have like a really stereotypical elf, they're usually not very likable. Like super uh, arrogant. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So I, uh, you know, <laughs> I came here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually live in a four thousand year old tree. Look at my skin glisten. How many of your grandparents do you know? I know all of mine. None of them have ever died. They're on the eternal undying lands where I go as well when we were off for the rest of life. <laughs> I'm chosen by the deities. You want it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I do enjoy I do enjoy the Amere because they are a much less obnoxious cool elf people mm. who live in the woods and yeah. have like uh, they still have all that same elegance. They have some really cool abilities as well mm. just like in general. Uh, oh, that's yeah. actually, yeah, that's something I should point out about the uh, Ace Man as well. Like they fully fix Genasis in this. Like mm, uh, they yes. make them genuinely really much much more uh, fun and mm. like mechanically viable because mm. I feel like they did in core D D they do not go far enough with the Genasi abilities. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. you get some real minor stuff. Like yeah. it's it's like you get like yeah. resistance to that element's damage, and then yeah. like usually it affects the way if you can breathe or something. Like it's yeah. kind of it. Like it's really I pretty. Can float. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. like, yeah, it's, cool. It's, like once per it. day, ten feet off the ground. Yeah, cool. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, cool I, story. <laughs> I have to say it just because I am Zulu and Hosa clan, and I have to speak for my Nguni people. Um, the the Izingonyama. I mean, lion bloods. That, yeah, like, I mean, like, the name yeah. is even yeah. freaking Nguni. Like Izingonyama. Like, 
oh, it fills me with such like like tribal joy inside just to mm. know that we're fighters because we are. Mm. And that just reminds me of like Shaka and his people not to like go into the whole kind of martial uh, people trope that we've um, touched on before with James Mendes mm. Hodes. But like there is something like regal and powerful. Um, my favorite Shaka Zulu co- quote, um, uh, a colonizer came up to him and said... Um, Oh, Lord, what did you say? Um, if uh, if you do not turn from your ways and follow our God, you will you will burn in the fires of hell. And he said, here, we eat fire. So oh, that's like... shit. That that's is, my oh, G, wow. dude. Like, wow. I, it's in Gonyama all the way. Wow, that's very cool. <laughs> we eat fire. fire. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's metal. Like, that's Jeremy, truly metal. That's hardcore, like, that's, right? That's, that's very yeah. hardcore. And okay, was... he did kind of go nuts and become a crazy despot. But like, you know, that aside. Let's just gloss over that part. Let's gloss over, like, you know, like, just like conscripting everyone in his area, like making, like killing anybody who would eat, drink milk from a cow after his mother died. Uh, Look, guys, you're never going to find a morally unambiguous warlord. That's just how it goes. I don't care what culture we're talking about. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. War is not morally unambiguous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. like to throw in actually a quick little segue, if I may, Ooh. just because actually mm. I was just, I've just been thinking uh, then about what you said about kind of having that cultural difference, and I think there is a mm. probably a few people, and I think that had it not been for the show, I might have even been in this category of like people that are slightly trepidatious about the idea of diving into something that is like mm. so culturally specific mm. and outside of their realm. And I'm sort of saying that um, the reason I'm phrasing that question that way is I'm not just talking about white people here. Do you know what mm. I mean? I'm talking mm. about people who, you know, even like me or you, Jeremy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you just might not have been grown up with as, as much of this. Yeah. Like we, you know, we're not from Africa. Or yeah. and yep. I think that like the joy of this world is the fact that like it does so much to give you the tools and kind of let you know in a very kind of fun, uh, mm. dramatic, narratively satisfying way when you're when you are butting up against when you as a player are butting up against the world as opposed to like your character or whatever. Yeah. And mm. I think that it it kind of it very quickly becomes. Uh, both satisfying and enjoyable to like learn the rules, to learn yeah. the way the world works. So I think as long as you're going into playing Wagadu, if if it, if you are wanting to try it out, and again you're having that slight trepidation of like, oh, this is like a very different kind of game for me. It's just like as long as you're going in as a player with mm. like a. I want to learn, I want to mm. experience, I want to absorb uh, as much of this as possible, then I think you're going to have like a fantastic time. And not yeah. only that, like it's just, I, I really can't say how unique of an experience this is. I yeah. genuinely had like chills after the first like, ever session we did yeah. just because it just felt like, so wild. oh, everyone here is black and yeah. everyone here is got this like you know this connection and this feeling and this sensation mm. and and it just it really is quite a liberating thing i think yeah and i think i probably have the similar thing even if i did something like a wagadu set in like an asian country or yeah. you know do you know what i mean or draw an asian culture or yeah. uh you know mm. or, or southern american culture or do yeah. you know what i mean i feel like i'd have a very similar experience just because it's quite enjoyable to kind of have that almost like out of body yeah uh, ex- true true experience of a of a world and it even as I'm thinking about it now, like it's almost like I almost feel like it's a way that I genuinely feel like we could help break down barriers, like yeah. in the world. Like I feel like mm-hmm. if you, if you as if you got to touch stone with a culture 
in this kind of interactive way, mm. I feel like it would make you so much more appreciative of yeah. it than yeah. just like, even if you had like the best teacher in the world or who was from or whatever, that, yeah. you know, expert, whoever, who was from that area and told it in a really engaging way, something about actually being in the world and really engaging with it. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I really, really want to encourage anyone who um, is... Like even if you're like one of these people who's like I, who considers themselves an ally and just like and wants to be more mm. like learned, but maybe you're like me and you fucking hate research and research you find it really hard. And you never know where to start and you get super overwhelmed. Genuinely, something like Wagadu I think would be super dope. Yeah, to try no, it. Do you know what I mean like get some friends together and try having a run around in Wagadu yeah. and I guarantee you're gonna have like it's gonna be such a enriching experience yeah and I mean and, and on that point I guess like while you were speaking like this kind of just occurred to me because like if you consider it like the one touchstone of, of I, I, I look I'm not an anthropologist but the one touchstone I'm trying to study but the one touchstone <laughs> of like general human societies is the act of storytelling mm. and the, the and a lot of storytelling I remember like, oh, like me and my grandmother used to bond just telling stories like that whole tradition mm. of sitting around telling stories or being out in the bush and being around a fireplace while you're camping and listening to a story and the great thing about D&D is okay cool you have the orator yeah uh, who's telling you the story but now all of a sudden and TTRPGs in general now all of a sudden you are part of that experience with the orator and I think it's just like this beautiful new form of storytelling where you get to learn so much people learn better through stories not lectures mm-hmm. um, and, and, and when you can emotionally connect that's when you really absorb right when you can sympathize when you can mm-hmm. empathize yeah, when, exactly when you butt up yeah. against mm-hmm. things you really mm-hmm. absorb that because there's a part of you that experiences that from the inside out like you keep pointing out Jasper there's the part of your brain that holds memory and imagination can't tell the difference right mm, mm, and mm, so mm. if you keep informing that into yourself you're only going to be enriching and and flexing your your cultural intelligence right your CQ and your core and your flex will just keep developing and maybe we will stop with this fuckery <laughs> CQ we're using that now that's officially yeah, cultural a intelligence, man. It is, yeah. I CQ, love that man. I, I love CQ Thank you. That's really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I was yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I forgot what I was going to say. Please continue. I had a whole thing that I was listening when I was listening to you, and I was gonna respond to what you were saying and be like, yeah. And then, oh, you know what it was? It was I was gonna throw out there. Uh, I I also think that the Wagadu setting, even though it's created with D and D fifth edition in mind, could mm. very easily translate to a more RP based. Uh, system, uh, yeah, or for sure. uh, I mean, if we're talking about collaborative storytelling without a specific storyteller uh, role, a GMless setting could also be very interesting. Yeah, like yeah. A, D- a GMless oh, yeah. uh, system that is that'd be sick. Uh, could be very yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah, like really say, sick. say you combined like elements of Wanderhome, uh, which mm. is GM, well potentially GMless with uh, with Wagadu. You would you would uh, probably like change all the animals, or you could just straight up use people. Uh, but mm. it could be this; it could have the same kind of tone. Like it could easily yeah. work in that sort of a, with that sort of a system. Yeah, yeah sure. and I think and I think that's that. that I, I I guess we should probably get onto this because we've done a lot about sort of our us as players, our kind of reaction and instincts and about playing it. Um, but I guess like also just like there's a big adjustment right as a DM, like we you know uh, yeah. in terms of just like the the nature of what you throw at us and how we kind of go about think you know all of the any kind of moral adaptation we've got to do. You as a, D, a DM, you've got to do that like ten times over, and you've got to actually like mm. find a way in a very very morally gray world 
to present us with like a genuine threat and bad guy and do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think yeah. it made it all the more satisfying. Like yeah. I think we all, you know, we've all, we've spoken on this show countless times about like the, all the best villains are the ones that you can empathize with and you can kind of like, well, they did have a point somewhere in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, even if it's lost now. So I guess like I'll throw a question out to you, Jeremy. Like what was the, I guess what was the transition? When did you realize there was a transition? I think first of all, like was it like after the first couple episodes? Was it when you sat down with the material in the first place of like, oh, okay, this isn't going to run like a, traditional 5e kind of campaign setting uh i think it was something that i realized like when i first read it but it became much more blatant in episode two because that was when i actually had to that was the first time that i had to enforce specific parts of the setting that like were drastically different and specifically Mm. when uh in terms of the siraj incident uh the for those of you who don't listen to the cub and the caterpillar disappointed um (laughs) the the, uh judging for those of you who couldn't bear the technical issues with the first few season uh, episodes of cub and caterpillar in you i am not disappointed you're fine you're off the hook yeah that's fair (laughs) yeah if if that's if that's what you're reacting to i don't have a problem with that at all yeah yeah yeah. Uh, from episode 10 onwards i think it gets better i I can't remember exactly when it gets (laughs) better but it does get better well when did did lou show up because after lou was when we first was when we started doing i think that was like episode 10 i'm sure i thought it was seven Oh, I think it was, it was really that early? Yeah, wow. I think it was episode eight or nine was the first time that wow. we... Wow, live we, streaming we, for me took up all of my brain space. I just assumed we would live stream forever because that yeah. was what it felt like. <laughs> up until the last two, <laughs> two episodes of the show, everything was live streamed. Uh, but that was... that. For those of you who haven't listened to it, basically what happened was they were... The, the party were hungry and they were like, okay, we want to go hunt some stuff. And they caught a bunch of fish and then a fish <laughs> spirit showed up named Siraj oh, and was God. basically like, Hey, yo, why are you, uh, why? Like he sh- basically showed up. It's like, Oh, why is this happening right now? I like, think I literally I, had a fish in my mouth when it turned I, up. I was like, I, yeah, I, can I just, I want to, this is one genuine point of clarification that I would like to make publicly. I made this on the Wagadu <laughs> watch, but I'll make this again publicly. Yes. Mooty did not eat a fish. <laughs> Mooty did not even hunt the fish. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, Mooty only ever did what he did because he was mortally terrified of fighting Onganagama, the fighter who was stood within five feet of him at the time when Siraj said fight. <laughs> she would have cut him in half with a blood, like a single hit. It was also She's kind a of friggin' I suggested barbarian a barbarian or a fighter. I was like, no, this is not going to work out for me. Yeah, so basically this fish shows up and is like, he's like a seven foot tall fish, is like, look, uh, this is unacceptable. They're like, what? Uh, I think Onganagama's like, oh. Because I had to roll history to realize. And you're like, oh. She knew. Oh, oh snap. And then, and then Muti, uh, he's basically like, well, I mean, there's going to need to be like re- retribution one way or another. Like, we got to even this out. And and they were like, well, no, we don't want to have these like, look, look, OK, how about this? Uh, the I think his original plan was going to be something else. But you you uh, he was going to have you guys fight each other, not to the death, but just so that you could know the fear that these fish experienced, the fear and pain that his children experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all, you know what it was? You also tried to lie about it, too, because the, mm. uh, the Muji tried to lie about it and the fish showed up. He brought the fish spirits back like as, in ghost form. And they're like, eh. They did it. Uh, and so they, <laughs> oh, yeah, they, 
they kind of then it was he was like well you guys are gonna have to fight each other and then that was when Muti decided and by this point a bunch of fish had showed up to watch what was happening they're all like oh they gonna get it now and Muti decided to fireball this spirit thinking like hey like because he's more terrified of Onginagama than he is of the seven foot seven foot tall fish yeah I'd, I'd fought and battled spirits already and hadn't, you know, and managed yeah. to get the better of them. Mm. Ongadagama had a huge lion-headed axe and oh, muscles yes. bigger than Muti's entire body. Yes. Uh, as it turns <laughs> out, uh, the wrong decision. Then it turned into so a fight because that also resulted in the deaths of many, many, many more fish. Turned into a full-on fight. Muti got literally smacked down uh, mm. by <laughs> uh, they were calling him the Cobra Koi, which is a great name. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he just fully uh, did he fully did like fifty points of damage in like a yeah. single hit or something and I was like okay, level yeah. four. He like fl- he like, also grew oh, arms. And then like started beating Muti up, like when Super Saiyan smacked him into the water. Um Muti was then uh cursed. I died. Oh, you know what it was? Before that happened, because he was gonna do something else originally, but then Onkenagama mm-hmm. begged mm-hmm. with a natural oh, yeah. twenty persuasion begged um, what was actually going to happen begged. again I can't remember um, I think it was going to be something like he was going to force you to be a fish that was being eaten by a person or something like that uh, oh I don't God. know if I ever told you that but he never got Whoa. a chance to explain but that was what I was thinking of well, but then it was the like okay this, fine yeah you yeah. so then Siraj was like okay well Ongedagama you have you have showed me honor and so I will give you gills um and then for Muti it's no teeth for you no arms for you you just have fins now uh yep. and it was it was a horrible curse that Muti struggled with for like a sizable portion of the season can I ask that. this is a apologies this is a uh, this is definitely a Wagadu watch question, but when I fight Siraj in season three, uh, will I at least get a save against him taking my arms and teeth away? Like, if I'm a higher level, will I at least get a save? Or is it like one of those abilities where if it's the first time you don't get a save, maybe the second time you get a save? I'm just, my, I'm just I would pre- probably, pre-planning my big fight with Siraj. For the eventual <laughs> thing, yeah, I would probably allow for a save. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Just because, like, I will, I will obviously make a mental note not to fight him if he just has the ability to take away limbs willing you know I think that was kind that of like a it's sort of like a, a spirit supernatural being higher than you can just do stuff beyond your comprehension and sure. you are trying to like it was that's what I'm saying like, if I'm matching yeah. him uh, uh, like closer to his level his power level it would be mm. harder for him to just influence me in that way um, was more yeah. that yeah, I think if, just... if you're able to actually like win a fight against him then it would be like mm-hmm. first of all you'd be a higher level uh, but yeah. second of all like it would be yeah yeah. Cool. Uh, and also, yeah, okay. I mean, that that uh, that that fight, I think that fight was a pivotal moment on a number of levels. Oh, uh, so yeah, it so absolutely many showed yeah, me exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. where the fuck I was at. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, it changed like, oh, everybody's. Okay. It changed my, th- my thought process. It changed, I think, both of your guys' approaches mm-hmm. as players. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't cast spells <laughs> like yes. uh, as a sorcerer with an 11 <laughs> AC and a minus one to strength. Uh-huh. Uh, fundamentally... That changed no. pretty much <laughs> everything for many, many episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that, it was pivotal, and then it also led to the introduction of uh, my boy Bakoe. Uh, yeah. The truly, uh, I feel like every time Muti sees Bakoe, there's just like this. 
Hello, Bacoy. Oh, so are they like, you know, gritted? Well, when he finds yeah, his the teeth. First, the, yeah, I was going to say, the first time it was like, hello, Bacoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, anyway, I would say that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is really different. And then I think, especially uh, for me as a DM, because I was trying to figure out the world as we were going, I was like, well, one of the coolest things about this world seems to be the exploration. Like, the, mm. clearly just in the book, there's, you're talking about the locations, the way that the land changes from cycle to cycle uh, mm-hmm. and all this, like it's everything is constantly like in in motion. Everything's mm. evolving. And so I was like, well, we want to go out there and see as much of this place as possible. Uh, yeah. But then uh, and that was kind of but it's like along the way. Oh, we need some cool little incidents. And I think I even said on Wagadu Watch, this is a little taste of what you would get, uh, that King Nyati was not originally meant to be like a big bad sort of guy. Yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. like, if you want to, I guess you can come back and do something with this guy. But I had not anticipated how strong viscerally. of a reaction. Yes, how yeah, viscerally yeah. he would affect both of you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really did. He really did. He got, became, he got all go about big time. Nazi. Yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. kill him. <laughs> yeah. And that was... And I, yeah, and yeah, yeah oh, so good. And I think that's actually something I was thinking about. Um, one thing I think that excites me about the idea of us going into like going into this sort of seasons format, um, just for the show, um, it's just also I think it gives us the ability to be like, okay, what did we really like about season one? Do you know what I mean? What are the elements and stuff that we really yeah. like? About? And for me, mm-hmm. the exploration was absolutely like top of the fucking list. I loved yeah. it. And like yeah. in my head now, I'm like, okay, season two, Mooty needs some sort of sand surfer type thing so we can get around and see these incredible places. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. Like, because I just want to see this stuff now. Like, I want to yeah. be, you know, going to the top of the White Twins, even in an Africa-based setting, suddenly snow became magical again. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is, like, Super very cool. cool now. This yeah. is. It felt like going to a desert in a normal D&D campaign. It was, like, the exact opposite yeah. of what you like, Normally, when you go to a desert, you're like, oh, my God, we've got elements to battle, and it's it's just so different, and what is this? You know what I mean? It yeah. was exactly the same, but with snow. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, what I think, like, also with that sort of season format and how the game kind of works, it's quite nice to now... Because I think for a lot of that, I was really playing that reactively. <laughs> I was just like, okay, thing happens, mm. okay, mm-hmm. react. Thing happens, okay, react. And now to have a bit of a pause to, as a player and slash actor, go, kind of go, okay, here's all the information. Here are the given circumstances. Mm. This is how you've acted. Right. Like, where is this person gonna go like like if there's scales like if you're mm. chilling with Anubis and mm. there's like scales for like good and evil like wh- wh- yeah. what's weighing like what's happening and then and then pick a side like roll a d20 and pick a side and go okay cool I'm gonna play like this now and then see what happens I'm gonna Sorry. go for this side that was one of my favorite phrases I think you know, ever come out with. What? Just if you if you mess around with scales, if you're chilling with Anubis, like, <laughs> just, like just on a Friday, as you do, just you and, as just you do. You and Anubis, <laughs> just there with some scales. We uh, you know Thoth is doing a cap stand. You know, <laughs> just just you know, he's over there with his souls. Yeah. I'm over here counting some coins there, on my ripping, scales, ripping bong hits. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> Anubis is like, hey, bro, can I get a hit? Yeah. <laughs> the feather is somehow turned into like a little bong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think that's one element of, uh, especially one very interesting thing uh, for those of you who are fans of Wagadu, but who are not on the Wagadu Discord. You should definitely join the Wagadu yes. Discord because mm. they actually have an ongoing game on there. It's not D and D, but it's like the group. You can basically choose a lineage, join your people and then your people will make large scale decisions based on how the world is co- like is presenting challenges to you uh and it's very like i think alan basically gms it it's really cool mm. yeah, um, it's very cool. yeah it's a, it's it's i think it's a weekly thing uh where yeah. people uh, the, the groups will different lineages will have to make decisions and stuff but that sort of thing I think it's something that we try to bring in more in future, like the, cause we definitely, there was a lot of exploration, but I also like the idea of being able to have con like, uh, not constant peril, more mm, like mm, more mm, mm, misadventures. Mm. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe like here, okay. Peril here, but ne- like serenity now, you know, that sort of thing. Like you just go yeah, around yeah. a different. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, we're coming at a lot of this with, from the perspective of like trying to make a show as well. Like my trying to make it entertaining. That's the and other thing. Yeah, yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. I think it's very different to like when you're running a home game and I yeah. would genuinely love like if, how to know how, like if you've run Wagadu and you've played in it, like I would love to know like how it's gone for you and like, you know, mm. please jump into the Discord and like let us know how it's going. Let's because I think no. that it's like mm. it's a very it's just a very different experience, obviously, that we're having trying to sort of do this and make it something fun for you guys to like actually listen to and uh, and kind of like feel like you can interact with and, and things like that. Um and I guess uh maybe we should for just like you know, some sort of cl- I guess like closing thoughts or like, you know, mm. but, uh, to wrap up just yet, but um It'd be good, I think, to just talk about what, um, maybe what we're excited about, like what's coming up, because I feel yeah. like we, we, I mean, we, we are very blessed. We get to talk to Alan, the creator, and he gives us mm. little tidbits and stuff, and he's helping Jeremy uh, with the kind of what is to come next, and we're trying to, make, again, include as much as we can, obviously, because things that we do in our game will impact the game that they're making in a, in a small way and you know we and like you know I'm hoping that maybe Mooty's spell might appear in the game that's gonna honestly be like one of the coolest moments of my life if that happens yeah, yeah. Um, that's gonna be so but you know cool. stuff like that um, so I guess yeah what would be what's like the thing that you wanna like because obviously, you know, it's still such a it's still such a new thing, and uh, you know, it doesn't have like the rich homebrew, vast homebrew world that like D and D has, um, like or core D and D has. So, like, what would be the things that excite you? What's like the thing that excites you next? What are the kind of things that you hope are in season two? Uh, obviously, Jeremy, you have a bit more control over that than we do, but like, mm. I'm interested just to know, like, you know. Um, what you'd like a bit more of, what you yeah. really like, and do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I want to go home. Mm. Yeah, Edozini man, it's gonna be. I already know that it's gonna be some mind blowing narrative from. Jeremy. I want to go home because, like, even if you just look at like the 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 sort of Google kind of stock images of Edozini, like Nguavuma is actually Edozini is the dam that was built during the apartheid era, but like Nguavuma is the actual place. Even those mountains are just absolutely majestic. I just want to. I just want to go home. No, go home. yeah, mm. no, of course. Uh, Jasper, yeah, why don't you answer first, and then I'll I'll yeah. jump in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. We'll end on we'll end on you. I think for me, I'm very interested by. Uh, this is like my first proper spellcaster that I've ever played and I feel like I couldn't have picked a better setting to do it in. And mm. I am very, very fascinated with just 
plowing into i want like more items uh, i'd love mm. to like have more like some mm. more like kind of wagadu specific items like i love yeah. pepu and iboga like those are two of my mm-hmm. favorite things to have come out of them just because i feel like especially towards the end we we're starting to think of some really unique ways of using those things mm. and yeah. uh and like you know the, the iboga is like a is like a spell component now for me and for mm-hmm. muti's uh moonslither and stuff like that so big fan of the idea of getting more like magic items and just generally kind of seeing if there's ways that we can you know craft like spells and stuff like if there's ways that we can craft spells um or if there will be spells included that feel more like intrinsically about wagadu you know maybe it's like more spirit related spells like obviously you know um in a lot of like core D&D, it's like, oh, this affects fiends and celestials and etc. And I feel like you could easily create spells like for spirits and for, you know, ancestors and, you know, whether it be about contacting them, drawing on their power, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I just couldn't, yeah, could not be more excited for, uh, especially like, you know, the official Wagadu stuff and then, and then stuff hopefully that like we'll make uh, for the show. Because uh, I know whatever Jeremy makes will be very cool. So. Thank you. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I, what are you excited I, for? I, I appreciate the the faith that you have in me. Um, mm. I'm excited uh, to get to. I'm excited really about everything. Getting to collaborate more with Alan uh, and work on uh, like get start working more things that they're planning, as well as more things that we create. Uh, uh, definitely like more items and that sort of thing. Uh, maybe even Wagadu specific subclasses or yes. that sort of thing. Yes. Maybe yes, 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 maybe yes, yes. a new lineage or two. That could mm. also be interesting. The um, only problem is there, Jeremy, if we make a Wagadu-specific sorcerer subclass, like, I'm going to have to switch and you're going to have to let that happen because it would be really mean of you to not let Mooty be that because we made mm. it together. So I'm just giving you the heads up that you've got to let me do that. Like, I'll, that, I'll so. let you know if I ever make a, uh, a sorcerer-specific subclass or sorcerer subclass that's Wagadu-specific. Well, I mean, okay, sorry, okay, sorry, let me rephrase. You can't come back on 3BH until you've made a sorcerer-specific subclass <laughs> for Wagadu, <laughs> at which point I will play that one for season two. Is, yes. that, is that okay? Is that clear? Okay, cool, awesome. uh, I'm, glad awesome, awesome. We've, I'm glad we've uh, settled we just, that. But we've, we've clarified that. Okay, the good, other, good, 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 good. Also, <laughs> just I think getting more into like exploring the difference, like the, the, the morality of the setting and how it can mm. be kind of like, it can be, like you end up I think things for this season were most well I'm not going to say they're cut and dried because I think there were a lot of cases where it's like people that you like uh, had beliefs that you were like I don't like this uh, mm, yeah. and mm. pe- that sort of thing it, we came kind Fossil of like a, a great example of that I feel like yes had a, I've had a very visceral towards the end of the campaign was like hmm hmm mm. okay Mm. Yeah, it was like a moral. <laughs> it was like a moral pretzel, and the more the pretzel, the pretzels were making you thirsty by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like was, it's like when you like a good friend comes up with a real hot take about politics or something, and you're like, oh, yes, or like ah. necromancy. Um, okay, yeah, and I how think, great it is. I yeah, I look. I saw uh, a thing. Oh, sorry, just really quickly. I saw a thing on the Discord earlier. I saw this like conversation that was happening. It was like a, a screenshot, like I'm in there. They put it in the meme section, basically describing necromancy as just the next evolution of recycling (laughs) (laughs) yes that was great that was a great meme they were like they were just like hey look it's not doing anything right now so we can you know 
Shout out to Tempest Six. That really got me. Shout out to Tempest Six for dropping that meme. Yeah, Tempest Six. Thank you so much. That was that really got me. That really got me. That was great. Also, you realise what I what kind of worms I had opened in that last episode because I don't think I've had more reaction about anything I've ever said on this show. I feel like I've made some really salient points about diversity and inclusion, and none of that has broken through. But me saying people nod silently. Maybe necromancy has a bad rap. It's almost it's like the it's the I sleep meme, and then it's like the like all makes Jasper makes Sally points about diversity and inclusion. I sleep. Jasper advocates for necromancy as a positive force for society. I'm now gonna make it all like all necromancy. I'm gonna have to do like an all necromancy one shot or something, or like or you guys are gonna have to play necromancy hunters or something. Uh, but I wasn't done. I was not done. You the were not other, done. Sorry, I interrupted uh, you. I'm also I, I I'm also interested in including, as I'd said, like more positive or just like interesting interactions mm. with NPCs that are not as combat focused. Uh, mm. Don't worry, this is not going to become like a show about nothing. Like there's still going to be conflict and stuff. But mm. it's I I would want to include just from time to time, you know, an episode mm. that's b- maybe a little bit lower stakes and more just like we're experiencing new people and learning about mm. things. Uh, because mm. I think I think that function of D&D is, again, very Eurocentric. It's a very Eurocentric idea of like we this is about fighting. Uh, it's also mm. harkens back to D&D's roots as a war game. Uh, When it first started, it was very much like going on quests, conquering things and bringing back loot. Uh, Very colonizer, like a very colonialist sort of game. Yeah. Aren't there Um, some roots in like Warhammer as well? Like some crossovers? uh, I think it predates Warhammer, but okay, cool. yeah. I yeah. could be wrong okay. about that. But yeah, but I think Warhammer, I think probably, it probably is like just the Warhammer probably came out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's a very natural yeah. evolution yeah. of what yeah. that is. Do you know what I mean? Okay, cool. uh, yeah. Taking it to its to its nth degree. Do you know what I mean? Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> uh, and then I, uh, I'll, I, I also would, uh, I cannot look, I cannot wait until the ev- eventual combat between uh, Muti and Siraj. I can't, I think it's going to be epic. Uh, we're that feels like that feels like an upcoming. Like, that's gonna have to be. Like gonna, a one I feel like shot. we're gonna be asking for a marine biologist for Muti to just help, to like, figure out. Do this? Does this fit? Is anyone here a marine biologist? Is uh, anybody trying here to figure a marine out, biologist? <laughs> trying to figure out how to stop this. This is gonna be. It's gonna. Be, uh, it's gonna become the like. It's gonna become the game bowl of of uh, the yes. cover of the caterpillar. Like it's gonna fully. Everyone's just waiting for the day that they are they back in the fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> Fishbowl. Yeah, oh, wow. man, that is I'm funny. enjoying that a lot. Yeah. Fishbowl or Mooty Bowl, I feel like sounds pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, so. or Mooty yeah. Bowl would also um, be good. That's very fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's so much, so much, like, exciting stuff. And um, I think that we, this won't be the last Mugadu sort of deep dive we do, because I think we've gone into a lot of broad stuff, and I feel like it'd be cool for us to get into the mechanics mm. side of things as well. Mm. So let us know mm. if that's something that you would like us to do. We yeah. would uh, yeah. definitely and be up for doing that episode. There's going to be more material released as well. Is yes. The thing. They're going to be I releasing think once more that material. comes out, I think we will absolutely have to do a couple episodes probably yeah. uh, digging into that stuff that and stuff, yeah. we'll get Alan back on and maybe maybe even see if we can get some other people from the team on uh, to yeah. come and talk about the creation of that. Uh, I personally cannot wait for that stuff to come out. I think it's going to yeah. be amazing and we're going to use it all for season two, which is going to be very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that, that, that that's probably like a good natural place for us to end. We've kind of come yeah. up in full circle, which is I, exciting. I have a quick and so, question before we oh, close yes, please out. Do. How many Seinfeld references did I make? You made... At least five, six. I'm just guessing. You made exactly three Seinfeld references. Hmm. I made ten. Oh, sweet lord. It's a really clever show. Seinfeld okay. references. 
Yeah, it's well, a great show, folks. And good. some of them, some of them, Jasper, Jasper was so taken in by he joined in. Everyone, anyone who can catch all 10 Seinfeld references, uh, there needs to be a prize. Jeremy, if someone gets them all, Jeremy, I will sit down and do a bonus episode with you only about Seinfeld. <laughs> if someone can get all 10, yes. I'll sit down and watch like, I don't know, the pilot episode or whatever. And uh, let I, would, Jeremy, I wouldn't have you watch the pilot. I'd have you watch well, you know, stuff. You can pick the episode and I'll, we'll yeah. sit down and we'll do a full Jasper Reacts to Seinfeld episode on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, we will awesome. have one viewer, the one person that got all 10 references. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. This was um, fun. Yeah, this yeah, was very, very was really fun. fun. And like, yeah, really, really, really excited to share with you what's coming next. Uh, but please, like, let, yeah, keep this uh, conversation going. And um, whilst we're on the topic of uh, future t- uh, things that you'd like us to discuss, as always, uh, hit us up on social media at TB Halflings uh, mm. on our Discord channel. You can also email us at Second Breakfast at TB Halflings. Uh, if you want us, if you want us to cover any topics, if you've got any ideas for things that we should talk about, um, games we should play, we are definitely currently in the process of thinking about other TTRPGs that we're going to branch out into. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. So really, really, really open to some. Uh, United's given some some stern and 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 vicious looking eyes. Uh, yep, that's Call of Cthulhu. There it is. Oh, sweet lord, mm-hmm. it's coming. It is coming. Uh, I can't decide whether I want to do it just like as soon as possible, or whether I want you to do the scariest fucking Halloween episode that I'm not going to be able to sleep afterwards. I think I want to do a scary I, Halloween episode. I feel judging like yeah, we got right right I'm going to go out yeah. and say this right now. If, in my ideal world, what would happen is we actually get together. And yeah, do yeah. this like that like, one of the next things we do like all together, all three of us in a room, candles lit. We'll lit. film yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like just to see because I know I'll be shit scared, but I want to see if Jeremy actually gets scared at any point. I want to see because Jeremy's a hardcore like horror nerd. So I feel like I'd like to, I'd love it to see if we can create an environment that's <laughs> even scary enough for even Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have been rambling. For a long, long time. Um, uh, exactly thank you so much for listening do. to us ramble. I hope that you've enjoyed season one of The Cub and the Caterpillar. Uh, we've got some sexy little one shots coming up. And then we will have a our second uh, adventure, which I guess, we, I don't know if we mentioned, it will be a setting of our own creation. I don't know if we yeah, actually I think, said I think that. I think we did explicitly. say that. We're creating oh, okay. a We did say that explicitly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a setting of our own just, creation. Still uh, something, hopefully, that you have not seen before. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hells yes. yes. On that yes. note, thank you as always so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. But for now, so long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. That was a HeadGum Podcast.